Welcome to Words of the Wise, an introduction to the book of Proverbs by Dr. Jacques B. Ducan. Edited for audio by the Ambassador Group. Exploration 5. The Blessings of the Righteous Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Proverbs 10, verse 6, New King James Version. The Hebrew word Zadik for the word righteous is the key word in this exploration. Zedek, also translated justice, from which it is derived, appears in the introduction of the whole book of Proverbs, excerpted from verses 1 through 3. The Proverbs of Solomon, to receive the instruction of wisdom. Justice, Zedek, Proverbs 1 through 3. What the book of Proverbs is telling us is that wisdom is righteousness, and righteousness means to walk according to God's commands. To walk in faith and obedience to what the Lord has called us to be and to do is a gift, one that comes from God. The opposite is folly and unfaithfulness. Wisdom is justice or righteousness. Folly is sin and wickedness, and in the verses we will explore, the contrast between them is stark. Righteousness is holistic. There is a story about a man in a boat who began to drill a hole under his feet where he sat. When people in the boat demanded that he stop, he responded, This is none of your business. This is my place. This absurd response is often the excuse we use to justify our behavior. This is my life. It has nothing to do with you. Of course, anything we do or don't do has an impact on others, especially on those nearest to us. Who hasn't felt, in a big way, the results of other people's actions, either good or bad? Listen for the various principles about life and faith that are revealed in Proverbs 10, verses 1-7, through which say, The Proverbs of Solomon, A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Did you hear how the principles of unity between the spiritual life and moral life, and the physical life and material life, was dealt with in verses 3-5? through five? The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. The main idea is that wickedness or moral deficiency does not pay, even if one is rich, and second, that righteousness is always rewarding in one way or another even if a person is poor. Listen to verses 6 and 7. How do they connect to what Jesus said about hatred being just as bad as murder? Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. Hiding our hatred behind our words doesn't always work. Wicked thoughts are often betrayed in our body language and the tone of our voice. The best possible starting point for good relations with others is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, 
quoted from Leviticus 19, verse 18, in the New King James Version. We compare that teaching with Matthew 19, verse 19, which says, Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 19, verse 19. As the texts also suggest, the impression you make for good can have a lasting influence on others. In the end, we're dealing with a certain amount of common sense. Isn't it better to have a good name, a good reputation, than a bad one? The Mouth of the Righteous The mouth, with its components, the lips and the tongue, is the most important organ in the book of Proverbs. In the New King James Version of the book, the word mouth is used 50 times, lips occurs 41 times, and tongue 19 times. The use of this organ in speech is a particularly important theme in Proverbs 10 verses 10 through 29, which say, He who winks with the eye causes trouble, but a prating fool will fall. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous leads to life, the wages of the wicked to sin. He who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses correction goes astray. Whoever hides hatred has lying lips, and whoever spreads slander is a fool. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. The tongue of the righteous is choice silver, the heart of the wicked is worth little. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for lack of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. To do evil is like sport to a fool, but a man of understanding has wisdom. The fear of the wicked will come upon him, and the desire of the righteous will be granted. When the whirlwind passes by, the wicked is no more, but the righteous has an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and smoke to the eyes, so is the lazy man to those who send him. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. The hope of the righteous will be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. The way of the Lord is strength for the upright, but destruction will come to the workers of iniquity. The basic premise is crucial. Our words are very powerful, either for good or for evil. The tongue can be the best or the worst gift that we've been given. This ambivalence about the tongue is one of the most important lessons in the book of Proverbs. The mouth generates life, but it also may bring death. In revisiting Proverbs 10 verses 11 through 14, New King James Version, detect the contrast between how the righteous person speaks and how the fool does. The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Did you hear the expression, the well? or fountain of life? It symbolically refers to qualities of wisdom. It is used in reference to the Lord in Psalm 36 verse 9 as a source of life. The same image is used in relation to the sanctuary from which the stream of water springs, as it's symbolized in Ezekiel 47 verses 1 and 2. 
And Jesus uses this metaphor to illustrate the gift of the Spirit in John 4 verse 14. So the comparison of the mouth of the righteous to a well of life amounts to relating it to God himself. What characterizes this mouth is the positive gift of life. This quality tells us what the proper function of the mouth should be. It should be a force for good, not evil, a force of life and not death. What is being said here is seen also in James 3, verse 2 through 12. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths, that they may obey us. We turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts, and of birds, and of serpents, and of things in the sea, is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Remember that it was through speech, through the word of his power, as Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 says, that God created the heavens and the earth. For that reason, speech should serve only creative purposes. Have you thought about how incredibly powerful your words are? With your words, you can fill people with confidence, cheer, and hope. Or you can break them down and damage them, as surely as if you attack them physically. So. Be careful as you wield the power of your tongue. The Hope of the Righteous Proverbs 11 verse 3 says, the integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. What evidence can you recall as an example of the truth of this verse? Now let's consider Proverbs 11. As you listen, you'll notice it touches on many topics. Notice the blessings. What are some of the great blessings that come to the faithful, as opposed to what happens to the wicked? Proverbs 11 says, a false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of the transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. 
The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectation shall perish, and the hope of the unjust man perisheth. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth, and when the wicked perisheth, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a forward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold in a swine's snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. The sense of a future and the value of what is not yet seen help motivate the righteous to live rightly. Because of their hope in the future, the righteous behave with humility, honesty, and compassion. Paul encourages us in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18, saying, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. On the other hand, wicked people live only in the present. They are concerned only with what they see and with the immediate reward. They think of themselves before others and will resort to deception and abuse. For instance, the salespeople who deceive their customers might perhaps get an immediate reward with a higher price, but they ultimately could lose their customers and their business might fail. This is what Proverbs 11 verses 3 and 18 refer to. Verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, 
but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. And verse 18 says, The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Think about some of the decisions you have to make and how you go about making them. How does your hope for eternity factor into the choices? The Truth of the Righteous The mouth of the righteous is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. Wisdom is found on the lips of him who has understanding, but a rod is for the back of him who is devoid of understanding. Wise people store up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. Did you hear the expression, the well or fountain of life? It symbolically refers to qualities of wisdom. It is used in reference to the Lord in Psalm 36, verse 9, as the source of life. The same image is used in relation to the sanctuary from which the stream of water springs, as it's symbolized in Ezekiel 47, verses 1 and 2. And Jesus uses this metaphor to illustrate the gift of the Spirit in John 4, verse 14. So the comparison of the mouth of the righteous to a well of life amounts to relating it to God himself. What characterizes this mouth is the positive gift of life. This quality tells us what the proper function of the mouth should be. It should be a force for good, not evil. A source of life, not death. What is being said here is seen also in James 3 verses 2 through 12. Remember too that it was through speech, through the word of his power, that God created the heavens and the earth. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3, New King James Version. For that reason, speech should serve only creative purposes. Friend, have you thought about how incredibly powerful your words are? With your words, you can fill people with self-confidence, cheer and hope, or you can break them down and damage them as surely as if you attacked them physically. So, be careful as you wield the power of your tongue. Proverbs 11 verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. What evidence can you recall as an example of the truth of this verse? Now let's consider Proverbs 11. As you listen, you'll notice it touches on many topics. Notice the blessings. What are some of the great blessings that come to the faithful, as opposed to what happens to the wicked? Proverbs 11 says, A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is the Lord's delight. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of the transgressors shall destroy them. Riches profit not in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivereth from death. The righteousness of the perfect shall direct his way, but the wicked shall fall by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright shall deliver them, but transgressors shall be taken in their own naughtiness. When a wicked man dieth, his expectations shall perish, and the hope of the unjust man perisheth. The righteous is delivered out of trouble, and the wicked cometh in his stead. An hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. 
When it goeth well with the righteous, the city rejoiceth, and when the wicked perisheth, there is shouting. By the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted, but it is overthrown by the mouth of the wicked. He that is void of wisdom despiseth his neighbor, but a man of understanding holdeth his peace. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors there is safety. He that is surety for a stranger shall smart for it, and he that hateth suretyship is sure. A gracious woman retaineth honor, and strong men retain riches. The merciful man doeth good to his own soul, but he that is cruel troubleth his own flesh. The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. As righteousness tendeth to life, so he that pursueth evil pursueth it to his own death. They that are of a froward heart are abomination to the Lord, but such as are upright in their way are his delight. Though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished, but the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. As a jewel of gold in a swine snout, so is a fair woman which is without discretion. The desire of the righteous is only good, but the expectation of the wicked is wrath. There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. He that withholdeth corn, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that selleth it. He that diligently seeketh good procureth favor, but he that seeketh mischief, it shall come unto him. He that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. He that troubleth his own house shall inherit the wind, and the fool shall be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Behold, the righteous shall be recompensed in the earth, much more the wicked and the sinner. The sense of a future and the value of what is not yet seen help motivate the righteous to live rightly. Because of their hope in the future, the righteous behave with humility, honesty, and compassion. Paul encourages us in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18, saying, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. On the other hand, wicked people live only in the present. They are concerned only with what they see and with the immediate reward. They think of themselves before others and will resort to deception and abuse. For instance, the salespeople who deceive their customers might perhaps get an immediate reward with a higher price, but they ultimately could lose their customers and their business might fail. This is what Proverbs 11 verses 3 and 18 refer to. Verse 3 says, The integrity of the upright shall guide them, but the perverseness of transgressors shall destroy them. And verse 18 says, The wicked worketh a deceitful work, but to him that soweth righteousness shall be a sure reward. Think about some of the decisions you have to make and how you go about making them. How does your hope for eternity factor into the choices? Let's continue exploring 
philosopher Cicely Bach on page 19 of her book *Lying: Moral Choice in Public and Private Life*, published in 1978 by Pantheon Books, has convincingly demonstrated how lying can be harmful for society. She writes, "A society then." Whose members were unable to distinguish truthful messages from deceptive ones would collapse. Likewise, Augustine, as quoted in the introduction of Bach's book, noted in her foreword of that same book that when regard for truth has been broken down or even slightly weakened, all things will remain doubtful. Ellen G. White wrote on page three thirty-one of her book *My Life Today*. Lying lips are an abomination to him. He declares that into the holy city there shall in no wise enter anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie. Let truth telling be held with no loose hand or uncertain grasp. Let it become a part of the life. Playing fast and loose with truth, and dissembling to suit one's own selfish plans, means shipwreck of faith. He who utters untruths sells his soul into a cheap market. His falsehoods may seem to serve in emergencies. He may thus seem to make business advancement that he could not gain by fair dealing. When we think of how powerful words are, we must think about lying as well, because most lies are told with words. Have you felt the sting, the betrayal, the sense of defilement when you are lied to? It's not hard to imagine a society falling into total chaos when lying is the norm rather than an aberration from the norm. There's another angle too: the effect of lying on the one who lies. Some people are so used to the practice of lying that it doesn't bother them. Many people, though, do feel a sense of guilt, of shame, when they lie. Good for them, because that means there is still some receptiveness to the Holy Spirit. Imagine, though. The danger for the one who lies, but doesn't even think twice about it. As we have seen in the book of Proverbs, so much of the instruction and teaching given has been presented by contrasting two types of people: the wise person does this, the fool does that, the godly man does this, the wicked man does that. Of course, in reality, there's often a bit of wisdom and foolishness in all of us. With the exception of Jesus, we all are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. Romans three verse twenty-three. Fortunately, we have the wonderful promise that comes in the next verse: Though we are sinners, by faith we can be justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans three verse twenty-four. In the end, all humanity is going to be either one of two camps: people who are going to be saved or lost. Remember John three sixteen. What two options does all humanity face? John three sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life." We can choose to perish, to die forever, or we can choose to have life that lasts throughout eternity. What is your choice? As we read Proverbs thirteen, how does this chapter contrast the experience and fate of the righteous with that of the wicked? Proverbs chapter thirteen says, "A wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not a rebuke. A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, 
but the soul of the transgressors shall eat violence. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. The soul of the sluggard desireth, and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome, and cometh to shame. Righteousness keepeth him that is upright in the way, but wickedness overthroweth the sinner. There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. The ransom of a man's life are his riches, but the poor heareth not rebuke. The light of the righteous rejoiceth, the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride cometh contention, but with the well-advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished, but he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick, but when the desire cometh, it is a tree of life. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of transgressors is hard. Every prudent man dealeth with knowledge, but a fool layeth open his folly. A wicked messenger falleth into mischief, but a faithful ambassador is health. Poverty and shame shall be to him that refuseth instruction, but he that regardeth reproof shall be honored. The desire accomplished is sweet to the soul, but it is an abomination to fools to depart from evil. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. Evil pursueth sinners, but to the righteous good shall be repaid. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. Much food is in the tillage of the poor, but there is that is destroyed for want of judgment. He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The righteous eateth to the satisfying of his soul, but the belly of the wicked shall want. The wise are compared to a lasting lamp, while the wicked are compared to a lamp that will be put out. Proverbs 13 verse 9 The wise person will enjoy the good fruit of his or her work, while the sinner will reap evil. Verses 2 and 25 Verse 22 tells us that through their children, the wise have a future even beyond themselves, but the wicked instead will leave their wealth to strangers, even to the righteous. The point is that a life of faith and obedience to the Lord is better than a life of disobedience and folly. Putting aside the big issue of the promise of eternal life, what are some of the immediate day-to-day -day advantages that you have experienced through living a life of faith in Christ? It is not enough to make a profession of faith in Christ and have our names registered on the church roll. Whatever our profession, it amounts to nothing unless Christ is revealed in works of righteousness. That was one of the many words of wisdom written by Ellen G. White on pages 312 and 313 of her book entitled Christ's Object Lessons. She also wrote these words on pages 309 and 310 in her life-changing classic, The Desire of Ages. The greatest deception of the human mind in Christ's day was that a mere assent to the truth constitutes righteousness. 
In all human experience, a theoretical knowledge of the truth has been proved to be insufficient for the saving of the soul. The darkest chapters of history are burdened with a record of crimes committed by bigoted religionists. The same danger still exists. Many take it for granted that they are Christians simply because they subscribe to certain theological tenets, but they have not brought the truth into practical life. Men may profess faith in the truth, but if it does not make them sincere, kind, patient, forbearing, heavenly-minded, it is a curse to its possessors, and through their influence it is a curse to the world. The righteousness which Christ taught is conformity of heart and life to the revealed will of God. Here is a set of introspective questions. We are noticing that the book of Proverbs makes a sharp distinction between the righteous and the fool. We are learning what is right and wrong. Why, though, must we be very careful whom we judge as fools? On the other hand, has it ever happened that you were deceived by the very people whom you once thought were righteous? Do your decisions impact others for good or for evil? Are you ever tempted to try to measure the amount of good or bad your decisions might bring? We often don't know the impact of our choices. Let's decide to choose to do what's right, regardless of what we fear the consequences might be. ambassadorgroup.org This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.